welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 98 for September 20th, 2017. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws from Mancrafting, Shane Bronson, Keith Decent, Rory May the Dirty Smith, Ryan Ridgely from Bardrat Studio, and our newest uh, patron at this level is Jeff Shaw. There he is. Hey, that's uh, that's Rody Jeff, right? Rody sure Jeff. is. Ironically, Rody Jeff, he was at uh, Duressa's TP raising party with me, and he had a trumpet. And he was like, "I know how to play the trumpet. If you ever want someone to come in and play the trumpet properly," and I said, "What do you mean? What do you what's mean by with- properly? Yeah, what's wrong with my trumpet?" <laughs> so, so one of these days, we're going to get Rody in as our guest trumpeter. But for now, since he is our newest top patron, he gets we my- trumpet him. Huh. I, I can't believe you think he could do really better than good. that. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. That's all I can do. Okay. <laughs> well, wait till you see what I can do. It's, uh, it's a good no, thing you, you're sitting down. You saw it all. That was it. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What are we working on? Uh, let's go with the usual suspect, Mr. Lutz. I finished up my guitar project. I ended up making... Um, so I got the guitar, the amp, a guitar stand... Um, and the case that's beefy enough to actually ship a train car in it all, all in one box with a whole bunch of extra little goodies and wires and picks and batteries and strings and all kinds of stuff. So I'm, I'm super excited. It's boxed up. It's in the garage. It's going to get mailed out, uh, Monday and I'm excited. So now I'm free. Now I have to come up with something to make in video because I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm You're ready pitching. to do that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's that's I think what they call a care package. I think uh, it's very aptly named for this. Uh, you know what? That is aptly named. I, I mm. like that a lot. Caring it's, package. It's, mm. Yeah. It's it's uh it's gonna be awesome. I I took some pictures. I remember to take some pictures, but I'm gonna wait until after it gets delivered and opened and all that, and then I'll post some on Instagram of what the end result. Oh, by the way, so when you go to take um, I had bought a piece of styrofoam, the pink insulation styrofoam, to use that track saw on mm-hmm. the okay, because yeah. it's just a good idea. It's it's and I'll use it over and over and over again. Well, when I went to build this case to form fit everything that I'm putting in it, I used that piece of styrofoam has got all these little saw marks in it. And I, I form fit everything. I cut it. I glued it. I shaped it all together. Now I'm going to take this blue velveteen that I bought on uh, the, the scrap rack at, at one of the stores, you know, so mm-hmm. I got material. I got a can of Elmer's spray glue. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I have lined the inside of boxes before with material and spray glue. I watched Jimmy DeResta build a coffin and take some red velvety stuff and make it look like it was tuck and roll. I mean, you know, just like, you know, Jimmy, it takes him 30 seconds. So, like, how hard can this be? It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) To try and get that material, to to cut it in the way that you can to make, because it had a cutout for the little amp I made. It had a little boxing that held the pick and the batteries and everything it had the space that the guitar fit in add another section for the for the guitar stand it was so frustrating i i thank goodness i bought a huge amount of material because i th- there there was blue first of all i'm still picking spray glue out from underneath my fingernails with yeah. blue velveteen <laughs> yeah. particles stuck to it yeah. It was oh my goodness! So anybody that does that kind of stuff uh, on a regular basis, my hats off to you. I'm certainly I would learn and do it better, but I just I thought, I can, how hard can it be? Right? You just spray a little glue, you tuck it down in there, it'll be fine. It was hard. So, yeah. yeah, I would think. Yeah, but that's I mean it's the same with like 
people that do that stuff all day or every day, they, they learn the tricks. You get used to it. You learn the language. Just like the, the person that can do that stuff. I can't work with fabric at all, but I, I could probably teach them a hundred things they could do on a table saw. They don't know. You know what I mean? That to them would be hard. It's just, you know, it's yeah. just the language, but you know, us as, as quote makers, you know, we want to, we want to know every material and every medium. And, and that is for me, the hardest, uh, is fabric because it's just so much different than metal and, and wood and all these rigid things. You know, if I was going to have videoed anything, I should have videoed that because you're going to see me standing in the middle of the garage inventing a new language of the things yeah. I was yelling yeah. and I'm trying to get this stuff off my hands and I'm waving my arms and there's blue fabric flying around it won't come off it was just <laughs> yeah I'm sure my neighbors are looking out oh man is he having an argument he's crazy he's just crazy yeah, he's, he's, just he's crazy. yelling swearing and he's got I, I probably look like a really big ugly ballerina with some kind of sachet going on it was like, awful an angry you're, magician you're, you're lucky you trick, <laughs> you're lucky you didn't trick a plane into landing <laughs> no i i am in the flight line i'm I actually know, yeah. Yeah. yeah very good phil thank you <laughs> hey listen i pay attention um tim what are you working on I am uh, – well, we're recording this a little bit early because by the time this airs, I will already be in Grand Rapids, Michigan with my wife and with Vance and delivering and installing the uh, the marimba sculpture, the Chroma Song as I call it, uh, at, at, its, at its destination, the Chroma Song. Like get it, chromosome. If you don't get it, it doesn't matter. But, um, I did not get it. Thank you for explaining oh, that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be – you know, it's going to be – the Harris Building in downtown Grand Rapids. Um, you know, by the time this is airing, and I'll be there for a week. I'm very excited about it. We rented a, I rented a, a pickup truck, a 2018 truck, uh, Chevy truck with the um, the the extended cab, so Vance can sit back there. And it's in a and it's. I drove it about 10 miles today. And I was like, oh my god, this is what it's like to have a car that was made in this century. You know, <laughs> like it's amazing. It's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty nice. So now I'm ruined. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I don't have fifty thousand dollars to buy one of these, so I'm just ruined, is what that means. But uh, I'm looking layaway. You're just, you're just, <laughs> you're just layaway. I also have the uh, my credit line is attached to the fact that I am an independent business person. <laughs> so, layaway would be a long time. They wouldn't let me drive it home. It's definitely been layaway. But right. uh, you have to make three payments before you get off the lot. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't think I'd make two. So. <laughs> But so, uh, so that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we're all excited to go out on our little adventure. So what I've been doing is, is this week I had to create the, the Chroma song. And I did a, um, I didn't videotape it, of course, but I did do a story on uh, my Instagram of that, of me getting this 300 pound sculpture up onto its side and it's on this cart and in a crate. And, and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, it's going to be, you know, safe travels and everything will be okay when I get there. I'm sure I'm bringing some tools in case there's any problems, but yes, Bill. Uh, well, you just it's, you said knock on wood, and technically that's what that is, right? Oh, the chromosome. Cause, yeah, because you play. Yeah, right. Yeah. Huh? That, You're knocking on was, a bunch of little pieces of wood. I saw that that little video thing you did with your buddy. Was, it was cool. That was fantastic. Yeah. I think I think you know, um, being reintroduced to your daughter has been a tremendous influence on your joke telling like you really have stepped dad up jokes. your dad joke <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i think that what we've learned from all this bill's politeness and his hand raising is just because bill's hand is up doesn't mean we have to call on him. yep that's that's a new thing that's really more a request than anything yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's gonna mess up my timing everything because you got you have to teach me one thing at a time give me time to get used to being nice before you trash me and lay me to waste uh-huh. okay. all right well we'll work on that one week at a time and yeah. then the, the other thing i wanted to mention is that uh I've, I've only mentioned it a couple times in the podcast although bill seems to think i talk about it incessantly is that i did invent this little tool and it, i finally have them back um people that have pre-ordered them i shipped them they should be arriving this week but i'm not making it a, a public thing yet until i'm on the tail end of my trip and i'm heading back home and i can fulfill and start mailing these things out so i will be launching my uh infomercial video i made about the uh <laughs> the tool which i'm which I, I i i like i like having fun i like making jokes so that'll be this uh this week i'm putting up a tips video like we talked about last week but the next week's video is going to be my uh the introduction of this new tool to the maker sphere and we'll let people 
commence, uh, you know, either unsubscribing or buying. We'll see. <laughs> I'm guessing by the childlike grinning and giggling that you're trying to hold back, it's going to be pretty funny. I think it's funny, but I don't know. There's, okay. a, there's, and I put a cup. Well, one thing I put one like joke in there that could could upset some people. Uh, like oh, good. A safe, safety, safety joke kind of a thing. Like a involves safety, safety like saw safety and. And as I did one on him, there's nothing funny about safety. It, that's yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I don't know. When I had that something funny about face, things that it was aren't pretty funny. Safe. That was, I mean, it was funny to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, that was pretty funny. But uh, no, I just made a little, so, you know, it's, I mean, I'm sure people are going to know it's a joke. But, I'll, yeah. I look forward to, you know, taking it the wrong way. Thumbs down. Yeah. yeah. You know, feel free. Feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-show <laughs> listeners know what that's all about. Yeah. So I, uh, oh, hey, I start... Phil, what are you working on? Oh, no, Phil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me. What's going um, on, Phil? What are you doing? I got to jump on, uh, on the next video, which is going to be my first ever hand tool only video. It's, wow. Yeah. So turns out that's really hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, they're not easy. Uh, but yeah, so I'm using the tools that I'm selling on Iron and Soul and sort of it is. Like, it is a plug. It's not, you know, a huge infomercial kind of thing, although I probably should have gone in that direction. That would have been very funny. But uh, this really just is a project build, and I'm just using the tools that uh, that I'm selling. And uh, so far, it's been a lot of fun. But, you know, I got to think that somebody like James Wright, who works only hand tools, this guy must have muscles for days because – all right, fine. Yes, Bill? No, I was just uh, – honestly, what is the difference between a shill and a plug? Because – I think one is okay. So one is strictly like an infomercial. Buy this, buy this, buy this. It's only nineteen ninety nine. The other one is content marketing, right? Where you're sort of giving something in the form of content that has embedded marketing in it. So which is which? Well, I guess. Well, neither really. One the shill would be just like the infomercial thing. Shill is like. I mean, it's shill has it's even some, has some negative like you know yeah. connotations to it or whatever. It's just like there's you could call anybody or i'm trying to think of like um you know you a huckster could, is what comes to mind to me when i say shill well, i think no, of huckster. I think if you're if you're a woodworker and you start like shilling for some like plastic company that's a shill right because it's sort of outside of your sphere but if you're plugging let's say a company that you're working with but is let's say you're plugging i don't know for whatever it is rigid right they make all kinds of woodworking so it makes sense that you sort of be in that area and it doesn't feel that artificial that, that's uh, for me anyway. Right. You can, can call the, me the right now. Would... Call me Bill the Shill because I'm telling you, I it, when it comes time for me to start doing my thing, I will plug Shill, talk about anybody that wants to pay me to do it. If you, if you make a, a video, you make a cigar box guitar <clears throat> video, and then in the middle of your video, you start talking about why you use speed stick. That's yeah, kind of shilly. That's kind of shilly. But and I'm you, okay you, with that. But if you take a minute to show the handsaw you just used to cut that dovetail and you explain why it's a good handsaw, that's that's product placement. That's a plug. For, yeah. uh, I, 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 okay, yeah. now I, I do understand the difference, but that does confirm that I will be a shill because, like I said, I will use speed stick and I will put it on and I I'll say this is why – You're kidding This me? is <laughs> why I don't stink in the shop. I, I use Old Spice myself. But, yeah. Of course. Oh, I get it at Costco. Is, what did I use? I think I used the Old Spice, the, the all red thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like the sport. It's the clear, yeah, yeah, clear stick. That's Do I need stuff. to tell you guys what I use? By minute, you don't. <laughs> or no, wait, I know. Um, I'm, I'm hold on. Um, uh, baking soda. No, you're absolutely right. I just don't. Like, why? Because it stinks if you don't. It doesn't. Yes, it does. You get bo. Well, I don't personally because I, I agree to disagree. I. <laughs> <laughs> I smell like flowers and tofu all the time, but you know that's just me. So <laughs> uh, we're just seriously. We went to the beach today for uh, Happy Birthday, Dad, Bill, uh, for a birthday brunch. And, and to get to the beach, you go through a mountain pass, and there's a uh, part of it that's got uh, cow pasture. And when you're driving through that cow pasture, you know, country aroma, right? Yeah. 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 People that live there probably don't smell that either, Tim. Nope. No, they don't. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the so important Phil, thing is that Gwen doesn't smell it either. Yep. Um, System works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it works. So, um, so I'm making this uh, this box, and I don't know. It doesn't matter what it is, but ultimately, I I thought I'd give it as a gift if it was nice enough to my oh, brother. Thank but, you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I spoke too soon. I'm sorry. Well, you can have it also. It's just 
a box big enough to hold remote controls for the TV. But uh, I'm going to do dovetails for the first time, and I'm not going to pretend that they'll be nice. So, <laughs> but I, st- <laughs> I started with some rough maple, and uh, we'll see where we end up. Excellent. I did some resawing, and I'll do some dovetails and the whole nine yards. Planing. Um, wood glue and sawdust, and your dovetails will look fine. That's that's what I heard. Somebody mentioned that to me also. They said wood filler and something else. But I guess yours is this, yours is the same. Well, Makes sawdust sense. looks better than wood. Sawdust from yeah. what you're cutting is what yeah. I mean. That fills it in. So yeah. And then you know the other thing that I always like don't do, and actually goes into one of our topics, but it's like like if you make it and it's you know say it's like seven sixteenths. Thick. If you like, actually take a whole like sixteenth off or a whole eighth off after you've made them, like the joints always look better inside. You know what I mean? So don't be afraid to really like oh, take yeah. some wood off. You know what right. I mean? Um, the the more you sand, the the the, the imperfections so they, on the surface. So they more. stick out like this, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So you make cabin. them make yeah. them a tiny bit long, and then sand them down, and then when you get a flat, sand it down some more, and take that make that whole entire board a little bit thinner. Not that I'm a dovetailer, so just I mean in general with gluing stuff together. You know, right, that's what I found. I, oh. Also, another thing, seriously, to help with, because um, I've only done them a few times, and one time I made perfect dovetails. It was after making them thirty times for one joint. You know, I mean, because you go yeah. you keep remaking it. So the other few times I've done it, round the corner over a little bit. Don't make that corner sharp. If you just kind of sand that corner around, it'll mm-hmm. really take that. It just it softens the look, and it, it really helps blend in any blemishes or mistakes. Okay, good advice. So, mm. Thank you, gentlemen. Nice. Have fun. Thank you. Yes. I so think far, I'm very, very sore. Actually, <laughs> it's a lot of I work. Think you're going to be addicted, dude. I think you're. You, you strike me as the type that you're going to fall in love with these hand tools and doing things that way. Yeah, because you're like a woodworker. Like Bill and yep. I are like we're like hacks. We're, like, <laughs> we're guys that adhere stuff together. You know, <laughs> like we we make things, but you're like a woodworker. So I, I do like gonna, woodworking. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I do identify. Like, I definitely feel like I'm under the maker umbrella, and I believe that there is a maker umbrella. So I had this I conversation, too. I think, with the Amipaki at one point. But I, uh, yeah, I think I personally identify as a woodworker within the maker world. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah we're, but, like, we're... I also sort of, for me, it's not like, a, you know, a hard border around it either. I've done some metal fabrication and stuff, and I've drilled holes in metal. I've cut it with an angle grinder. It's all well, there is to it. What's really, Bill, make yeah, the what's... noise. Make the noise. <laughs> For which one? You know, the Tim the Toolman noise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> uh, what I love about you, you're actually allowed. There's, I looked it up. You're allowed to call yourself a woodworker and use other mediums to make things. It's okay. Well, then, then I'm going to do that. Well, you know, that's one of those things like, you know, like if you're, if you're a woodworker, like you have to know how to fix the belt on your table saw and replace the motor and, 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 you know, and, and fix the, the broken bracket and you know, all that stuff. So it's like, it's not like, it's not like it's uncommon. Like I don't call myself a woodworker cause I don't like identify that way, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm more maker fluid. <laughs> but, <laughs> I knew uh, you were going to say something. Yeah. So, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, I, I'm a woodworker. I mean, that's, you know, most of what I make is out of wood. My, my workshop looks like a woodshop. It just happens to have a small metal corner, but that's common in woodshops. I mean, like the guy, the guy that restored my 1920s double bass, like he's like a real like luthier. He has a MIG welder. You know what I mean? Right. He's like, he went to Germany and like studied like, you know, carving spruce trees into bases and stuff. And he has a MIG welder. So it's like, that's fine. You know? Hmm. Well, let's, let's, here we can go this way. Look at, uh, I'll use Matt Cremona for an example. Matt is a self taught, young, amazing woodworker. He's a Kyle Toth. He's a Mark Spagnuolo. Hmm. He's that level. He built his own metal cutting bandsaw. Yeah, that's the, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, an outside like that you can put a, a fifty foot redwood on yeah, there to cut it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He built that saw himself, and that was mm. all metal. It was all welding. It was all fabrication. So yeah, yeah, yeah woodworker. Right. That actually could be an interesting topic for a future episode. Hey, look at us! Look at us planning ahead. Hey, yeah, six months. Go ahead, write that yeah, down. Six months. <laughs> none, none of us. Are six write months it down. in a week. Yeah. Six of, months in a week. None of us. Are I'm write not even down. sure what you just asked us to write down. Uh, how do you identify? Oh, oh. I forgot. I, I would like to say um, younger than I am. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I also am a liar. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, – where are we here? Okay. So we did what we're working on. Okay. So the topic that we're working on or that we're talking about this week is actually uh, three topics. 
in a shorter version, and I will uh, go ahead and hand that off to the young Mr. Bill Lutz. Oh, I thank you. Thank you, Phil. Um, so what we're essentially doing is we're answering some questions and uh, topic ideas from listeners that have sent us in some stuff, and there was three really good ones, and we thought we'd kind of combine it into this thing. I had an amazing title for this podcast uh, for episode, but Phil actually blew it out of the water, and I thought it was really cool. So we're calling it The Power of Three. Well, say your original one because that deserves well, the, some the original time. one. I I I wrote to Phil. I said, "Hey, man, what if we call it three listeners, three questions, three hosts? Any answers?" I still like it, and I and I and I do the whole. You have to see my arm gestures when I say any answers. Like, of course not, because it's us three. But we'll try our best. But for comedy's sake, three listeners should have been the last one that you said. Really? Yeah. yeah. Timing. Timing. Delivery. <laughs> That, uh, that's my son's favorite knock-knock joke, by the way. It goes like this. It goes, knock-knock. Yeah, who's there? Who's there? there? In, uh, interrupting cow. Interrupting cow who? Moo. <laughs> yeah, that's how he, he does it. He messes it up every time, but it's so cute <laughs> yeah, when he does yeah. it. <laughs> so what's the, real, what's the real joke? As the person saying interrupting cow, you're, you're supposed to yell out moo. Oh, now that's funny. Yeah. It is. It is. It's, it's funnier when a four-year-old just sits yeah. there and patiently waits for you to say interrupting cow who. I know. And I was even saying it slowly because you weren't talking. I was like, what's wrong right. with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what's going to be funny is when this 50-year-old goes to his wife after we get done recording and tells her that <laughs> Hey, record Four-year-old, 50-year-old, it's going to be funny. I'm telling yeah. you. Pull out the smartphone for that one. We want video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, yeah, just set little... it up. Set it up. Right while That'd she's right while she's in the middle of like doing all her bills for the month, you know, of her for her business. Well, she's, she's actually she, she'll she's be got, studying. Like, a pencil behind her ear, and she's busy. She's like got midterms, all this stuff going. Right while she's yep. doing all that, hit record and yep. go up and tell her that joke. Oh man, if she's I swear if she's doing her homework because she was when I left. She says I have I have a <laughs> test to take. I have a bunch of homework. I'm gonna do it. I'll record it. And you, you have know to do we'll, it, and we'll you have do it right here. You go do it now. Because if she hears this, you have to do it before she hears this. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't ready? hear it first. Trust me. No. Yeah, anyway, well, I'm right. not editing tonight. Forget it. I'll just do it maybe tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so three three questions, um, and they're really good ones, and they're they're different enough to make this really interesting. So, the first one we got uh, a couple weeks ago from uh, uh, my buddy Vernon Whitehead that lives in Texas. He sent me that cool license plate that says Texas tow truck, but he lives in Southeast Texas, and his curiosity was, and I think this was much more of a, just because of everything that's happened in Texas with the, with the, the, the storms and everything. He's all, you know, it made me think that there's so much things on the, on the curb that with the mountains of things that are out there, what would be legal, ethical, or even safe to reclaim? And is, you know, is it even a good idea? And and he didn't really show, he showed us a picture, but it was more of an industrial like a storefront or something where they, all the fixtures and stuff were out front, not like a neighborhood, but, and, and that's really a good question. And I think the only one of the three of us that has any experience with that would be Tim. And it certainly is what I would recommend anyway. Uh, Tim, if you want to kind of answer that. Well, yeah, we, we had talked about it a little bit off air and it is sort of questionable and sketchy, you know, because there's in these types of situations, like what's going on with, you know, in Florida and in Texas right now, there's like looting right. and there's all that. So we were like, oh, yeah, I think it's kind of just hands off right now. But I know we had gotten hit by a hurricane and I think it was in 2010, Sandy, and on the on the northern east coast here where I live. And uh, it did some damage on our, you know, our shores and whatnot. And one of the things that got wrecked was this sort of historic and popular uh, boardwalk slash pier Um at a beach in, in Madison, Connecticut, the Hammond Asset Boardwalk. And there was a local uh, deconstruction company that went in and salvaged and deconstructed this this property. And then, you know, a new pier was built and they sold it. I bought a truckload and a half. And when I say truckload and a half, I mean, it was probably two truckloads, but I was dumb on the first load <laughs> and overloaded it um, of, this, of this wood. And I made a bunch of stuff out of it. So that was like an example of, um, cause it, it wasn't pressure treated. It was just dug fur. Um, hmm. and because that does pretty well, you know, and, and so it was just cheaper, but so there's like things like that. There are people out there that are doing it legally and ethically and professionally. And we and can support the biggest thing them. though, right. The biggest thing yeah. I was going to say is that this happened a couple of years after the fact. 
Yeah, I mean they they obviously the right. reconst- the reconstruction happened that spring. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, but by the time by the time I bought it, it was later. But that's you know there are people who do that. So if you're, I mean, if, that's if you see some damage like you know like there's a barn that's knocked down. You know they got knocked down from the store. You talk to the owners like. I know you're dealing with a lot of stuff. There's insurance companies, isn't that? When you're ready, here's my number. Give me a call. Well, let me yeah. let me let me help you. You know, because that's what you want to do in the situation. Is you don't want to profit off the ability to to upcycle or reclaim. You want to help people move on with their lives, and that's I, yeah. I would say just give it some time first. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. You know, first of all, there's going to be a lot of even if the piles are out there and all of that stuff is going to probably be thrown away, they still may need to just sit there for insurance companies to come out, take pictures, do yeah. what they got to do. So it's just, I think right after is a, uh, is a, not a good time. So yeah. it just it's, feels it's it, really yeah. ghoulish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but it's a, it's a hell of a question because I mean, you're driving down the road and you see that the, these people, not only do, is their stuff piled on the curb, but their house is not even livable. There's yellow tape up. Nobody's been there for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Don't do yeah. it. Give it, give it time. Yeah. You got to throw time that dining and, table and, out. They don't want it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and there's also the one thing I wanted to bring up too, is the safety factor. You don't know what's in it. What's on it. Is it all been sitting in sewer water for, yeah. you know, so it's, it's, there's all kinds of things to say, say, more than Not that, now. a lot of these houses are really old, right? And and asbestos, if it's like contained, is fine, right? Right. As, as soon as you disturb it, though, that's what's in, when it's the problem. So you don't know what's in that stuff. There's a, yeah. So safety, um, legal legality, we don't know. We just the three of us don't know what would be legal. Mm. Ethical, I would just say, you know, how Give big a of a jerk yeah. would you feel like? And I would feel like a pretty big jerk if yep. I just went ahead. It's like, oh man, but look at look at that old dining table. I can make something out of that. Well. You know what would be cool, though, is if your neighbors – give it a couple months and your neighbor needs some help. Maybe you help them and say, hey, do you mind if I use this? And you make something out of their damage for them that they can you know, maybe help rebuild and mm. feel better about what happened. I know Mitchell Dillman, uh, one of my favorite makers, is Colorado uh, Rockin' Logs, and he's got a couple different things. But one of the things he does is he takes uh, a couple of big forest fires that decimated big parts of Colorado – and people would come to him and say, hey, can you take, you know, our property got totally wiped out. We're rebuilding. Here's a tree that got burned down. Can you do something and make something with this log to help us rebuild? It's, it's you know, he's done that. And he's made some videos for it. So mm-hmm. something like that where you're helping the rebuild process, the healing, that would be awesome. You know. Here, yeah. here. Anyway. So that was, that was number one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Because it's so it topical good. and it's so important because, I mean, it sounds like it should be an easy no-brainer that, yeah, this is our this is our message. Of course, we'd say that, you know, the stuff that's now garbage you should be taking. But, you know, there's always these gray areas and sort of these questions. And I'm glad that we were able to address it. Yeah, yeah and I, I think there's there's going to be some people out there that, are, that don't know and are curious or think that it would be okay. It's, you know, we're not hurting anybody. And just give it, give it that time. Just give it some yeah. time and uh, check. Yeah, anyway. So, so the next, the next question, and, and this one's going to be fun too. And this is from our, 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 uh, our buddy PJ Galati. And, uh, he wrote in and said, uh, Tim's going to have a, a field day with this one, I think too, but it, it really touches all of us as far as like, oh my gosh, you're so right. So he was talking about you spend time reclaiming, you spend time with material, you're trying not to be wasteful, but if you take, say you take a pallet apart, you glue up some pen blanks. Now you put the square piece of wood on the lathe, and what you're going to do is you're basically going to whittle away 80% of it to get a pen out of that, and now you just wasted 80% of that material, again, on top of it, or even with a metal when you're grinding or, or something like that. So is there anything that the three of us, I think he was asking, is there anything that we do uh, to plan ahead, to maybe do you adjust your process, trying to say- yeah, to, you know, like, so for his example was if you took a pen blank and you actually went to the bandsaw and you cut the corners off first, you can save those little corners for maybe an inlay or something, just as an example. But do you adjust your process when building, trying to be even less wasteful as you can? Let me, let me, uh, let me take a couple of shots at that one. Uh, not really, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> I try, like, I'm not gluing up a 24 inch panel when I know that I only need 12 inches. I'll try to get to 14 or whatever so that I can have two clean edges after I cut them up. But to be honest with you, no, I, I wouldn't bother cutting off corners if I was going to turn, which I don't. 
Um, I just think that we're saving already, so whatever good that we're doing is great. And if there's a little bit of waste left over, then so be it. But ultimately, there's a net positive result, so I don't, I don't try to sweat the small stuff. Is is what I, is how I feel. That's that's where I am now, but I wasn't always, which is why I kind of laugh because that was like a a big thing for me from when I first started out, and um, I was actually looking to see if it was still there. But when I had started my Etsy page back in like 2010, um, that was part of my description. My meet me was uh, I, I wrote something about uh, I don't remember the exact words, but it was about like preserving it and not just turning it into sawdust. And that was sort of my aesthetic and my mission back then was to to not waste this wood away as sawdust and to and and you know use as much of it as possible and there's a couple reasons for that one is my whole idea of not throwing anything away and and saving it and the other was the fact that it for me it meant that i had to take it to the town landfill because i was working out of my small garage when i moved into my shop a couple years later and i started burning my scrap everything changed (laughs) 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 because uh it, it was now i was i was able to be like you know because when i burn it it's it's being used, you know, it's functioning. And um, so I didn't have to struggle, like, and find some some solution or some use for that split end. I could just cut it off and move on to the next board. And I just put uh, my video that I just posted this weekend, I did, like, a little tips thing as we sort of started last in last week's podcast. One of the tips I mentioned was when you're buying or, or salvaging or collecting wood for a reclaimed project, unlike when you get store-bought wood, you need to get more because there's just inherently more waste. And so I was even just saying, like, if you need 100 feet, get 150 because you'll probably have 25 feet left over. But you might not. Like, that's just the way it is. Whereas when you get, you know, wood from a lumber yard, there's just hardly any waste. You know, if it has a checked end, you don't buy it. You know, and right. uh, so that's and, – and that's okay. That's just the nature because if, you, if you're not salvaging it, where's it going? What's, you know – that's that's sort of the idea with that. So now I'm like totally on the other side. And I used to same thing about pens. The pens really struck a nerve because I used to like see those fancy wooden pens. I was just like, that's stupid. They took a perfectly good piece of wood and turned it into a pen. <laughs> and now um, I love making pens because it's like it is. It's like and someone had told me that once when I started making pens. Someone wrote to me like, oh, you're a reclaimer. Now you understand pens. Now you now you really understand that you know no waste. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Like. Because, yeah, sure, there's 80% of that is sawdust, but that 20% is something beautiful, and that 100% would have just been in my firewood pile before I started making pens. Yeah. There's a reason to use these tiny little pieces of wood. Yeah, exactly. So the sawdust is like a a zero sum, you know, absolutely. See, and and I'm I'm on both sides of that fence because, like you guys, if it's smaller stuff, I don't sweat it a whole lot. I don't burn it. I don't have a reason to. Um but when it comes to making larger projects, um, I do put a lot more planning into how much, how I lay out my cuts, how I'm going to make, you know, if I've got scavenged wood for whatever and I got, I got to make a project, I'm going to be actually a lot less wasteful. I'm not going to just take a, a piece of bed frame and cut mm. out a 12 inch section and throw the other two pieces away. It's like, okay, I need six 12 inch pieces of angle iron. How can I maximize what I'm doing with a, with a piece of bed frame that I have, et cetera, things like that. Or, or, or like I said, I don't really care. I got plenty. I'm just going to cut what I need and the rest of it, I, it will continue on. I saved some of it from the landfill. Mm, that, that's, that's totally true. And, uh, you know, when you're working with reclaimed, like if you have some special piece, you're know, like, I need to make a table base out of this bed frame. All I have is this bed frame. You can't mess up. You have to make that bed frame. So there'll be times where I might even like, um, the, the last bed frame table I made, I ended up making extending out the feet with bolts that I had because right. in order to get four legs, I had to cut them shorter than I wanted my overall height. You know what I mean? There's like things like that. And then one of the, one piece, one of the cross members, I had to take two pieces of the angle iron and actually weld them together and make them one piece from the cutoffs. Like, and then the, the crate I just made for the chromosome, I, I bought, um, four sheets of OSB to make the crate instead of five because I needed one for the top and bottom three sides, and then all the 12-inch strips I had cut off from all of those became the fourth side, you know? Like, there's, like, little things like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's $15 in one OSB sheet savings, whereas that could have been thrown away. So you do have that angle of it, too, absolutely. One other angle is the, uh, is the, uh, the meaningful part of it. Um, Dan Robbins gave me a big chunk of walnut. I told you the story uh, from his grandpa's shop. So I have this family, piece of family tree. I tried to maximize every piece that I cut off of that. So, cause I made like, 
I think four of the six guitars I've made, cigar box guitars I've made have part of the neck is that, that walnut. I've used it on just a, now I have a little tiny section left and I'm still treasuring that. So when it's actually meaningful, then of course you're going to, yeah. you're going to try and not just be wasteful with it. So yeah, good point. Good point. That's, I got a piece from, um, Richard Martin, he brought me this piece of like 600 year old, like white oak from England. Right. And he's like, here, make something. 600 years old? That's something incredible. Like that. Yeah, it was like, um, I don't know, like Vikings planted the tree or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's some ridiculous. And, uh, and like, so he's like, here, make something of this. And I have it. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I wrote his name and what it was on it. And I put it on a shelf. I don't want to make anything out of it. It's just cool the way it is. What am I going to yeah. do? I'm just going to ruin it. <laughs> put a base under it. You're like, ta-da. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put it on a piece of plexiglass and a light underneath it, I guess. I don't know. That See, it's be weird fun. because all all the all that uh, Ernestina wood that you sent for Casey, I've just been using that to like light yeah, fires. Start and, fires and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't mean deaths. it means nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing, yeah, but mine is still in the crate. I still am like, I keep it in a one of those milk crates. All that, almost all of the wood you gave me is still in there because I'm still like, what? Am I? It's got to be meaningful. And I know you said just use it, but. No, just use it because otherwise, what what are you saving it for? That's uh, I we don't know. we got it in our hands, and now to, to to put it back into the world and back into usefulness. If it's just in that milk crate until your son has to deal with it after you're dead, like what's the point? Well, I'll this use it coming from the guy, this oh, coming from the guy that says I can't make something out of this piece of wood Richard Martin gave me. I'm just going to leave it there because it's beautiful. The way, yeah, okay. It's it's so much easier said than done, pal. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's just rewind for a second. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's just a piece of wood. Who cares? Yeah. No, but with the Ernestino wood, I have a ton more. The, the problem with that stuff is that there's bolts every six inches, so it's just really hard to to get at. But if you guys miss that, I can give you little chunks of it again. Like that's like thanks to thanks to Levi. I mean, he gave me. I I, I told him I was like, oh, especially that African stuff. I'm like, get me all that you can, and he got it for me, and now I have it. And I'm just like. I don't know what to do with it. You can't get boards out of it, but so I have that. I have like like four hundred pound pieces of that stuff. Same thing. It's just like sitting there, and I gotta have uh, to okay. find some way to cut into it. Oh, okay, you know? he's walking away, oh, and he's back. No, no. Uh, well, uh, this this just brings it. We're talking about somebody a gift that was special. So, um, Kirk Fry gave me that piece of, and this is what I have left of that veneered Brazilian rosewood. Oh, cool, right? It's beautiful. Kyle Toth, Toth you know, wrote to me and says, hey, man, that stuff's banned. You can't even get it anymore because it's a rare item that they don't import, whatever the, the case. So I'm thinking about maybe I should send this leftover piece to Kyle because I know he does a lot of veneering that and inlay. And, you know, wouldn't that be cool, though? Yeah, it think be. about it. It'd be cool. Yeah, how thick is that? Oh, man, it's like a, a business a card thick. thick. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a 30-second. But he does. It's it's veneer. It's literally yeah. it's like a veneer. So, it's, and I, uh, that, I did the top of my daughter's guitar with this. Just so as I was going to say, is what it's for. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what that's for. You know. Hmm. So send I, it to I, Tim I that make little, business cards out of it. That's why I'm not sending it to him. Don't send it to me. I'll just I'll throw it in the fire. I don't care. He'll throw. He'll he'll start what? his <laughs> shop. Heat up his shop with it. It's just like oh, kindling. <laughs> so anyway, I think I think that'll make its way to Kyle because he mentioned it. I know he does a lot of inlay work, and he can probably yeah, add that to something already he, beautiful and amazing. He could, yeah, because that's like someone like Kyle, like you or I, we, we'd like glue it on top of something and say, "Isn't that pretty?" But someone like Kyle, he'll cut that into like little thirty seconds of an inch strip and like create mosaics and uh, he'll make it into a tap stuff. handle <laughs> <laughs> or a Taurus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The teeniest, tiniest Taurus. That would actually be really cool to see. That yeah. would be really cool to see. Um, okay, what's the next question? All right, so the next and last one that we've got, and this is from Amelia, who, interestingly enough, is from Tasmania, and I thought she was joking and she meant Australia, and now I know that, no, there That's really a is place. a Tasmania. Yeah. It's an island just south of Australia. So, uh, Isn't the anyway. internet great? It, you know, it really is. Because <laughs> I thought... I thought, yeah, anyway, I, I that's yes, where it all is. the devils are from. I know, I know, and that's devils. where that's where the original drill bits came from. Did you know that? Because what the Tasmanians would just hand Here pieces of sharp metal to the Tasmanian devil, right. and when he spun around really yeah. fast, he could just cut holes. Yep, Aspen, you were a lucky, lucky girl. <laughs> <laughs> Drop out of school now. Yeah, Papa Bill's got all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, what Amelia was talking about was, and, and I think the 
the, the topic idea, the question related to food safe reclaiming and, mm. um, and also how it relates to like even making children's toys. And I don't, um, the, the simplest answer we, we already talked about, which was, you know, uh, baby oil. And then I mentioned, well, make stuff out of plastic and, and blah, blah, blah. Not, anyway, not I'm, well, whatever. I'm going to let you guys answer that. But the one thing I do have to input <laughs> on this. <laughs> so the smelliest whatever. Yeah, put out the sun. Yeah. Actually, baby oil will go rancid too, wouldn't it? No, yeah. no. Baby oil is mineral oil, but with fragrances. Oh, is that oh. what it is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You just don't Anyway. Olive oil goes rancid. Some people use Correct. that. And that's. So she's she's asking basically what where can you source materials that would be safe number 1 the materials themselves as as a reclaimer because she likes to be upcycling and reclaiming my only input would be i would think and i don't know but if you wanted to make like a little toy truck uh block you know like out of wood something safe would be like a a reclaimed tabletop like you know a dining table because yeah you can clean off any 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 finish that is on Anything, as long as it's cured, is food safe, is safe. Yeah. I mean, that, as long as it's cured. Yeah. Right. So if you actually take the finish off, you've now got bare wood. There's maybe one source. You guys might have others. And then as far as like a finish, I remember as a kid, I played with Tinker Toys. And Tinker Toys were basically raw wood that were green and red and I think wood color. And I have done this before. Use food coloring for a stain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Food safe, food coloring. Stain your wood. You don't have to put a clear coat on it if it's just for a toy. And and the amount of different colors they have now for food coloring is way more than the blue, red, green I think they used to have back in the day. It was probably made out of lead when I was a kid anyway. So Yeah, well, the, you know, those food colors would explain actually, a few things. Um, yeah. <laughs> those food colorings are kind of bad. You're not really supposed to eat them. But for, for dyeing wood, that's fine. And if it gets yeah. in your mouth, it's fine, you know. Um, well, I'm saying it, it's got to be food safe if you can buy it in the baking section. Well, right? th- there's 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 people that have differing opinions about the safety of that. It's it's USDA approved, we could say. But, um, but well, what? All right, so you two have kids. What would you feel comfortable making, and out of what? And what would you use to finish it, if at all, or color it, stain it, whatever? Okay, so there are two questions here. One is what's okay for a kid to play with, and the other one, what is food safe? Okay, so for me, I'm not making anything out of reclaim that's food safe. Like I don't, I don't want to do that either. It's been sitting in the garbage, and I don't know what's got on it, or it's a pallet, and God only knows what was on it. Um, your example of the dining table, maybe because chances yeah. are that's fairly safe. So if you really, really do know the origin of it, and you're able to get it down to bare wood, fine. I, I suppose that's fine. And then as a food safe finish is always mineral oil, beeswax, that kind of thing. That's that's fine. Well, again, they're they're all food safe. It's just that those are the ones that are you know more natural and they're food safe from the get go. Like I understand why you don't want to put a big old slathering coat of polyurethane on something that's going to go in your kid's mouth because you open it, it smells like oil and you know that's it's like a turnoff. But when it cures, it is safe. It is completely food okay, safe to put in your mouth. I mean, but, more like a cut. Like the two, not the kids' toys, but we, she talked about cutting boards and things like that. Also, but yeah, I mean, technically, you could even you know, cut, once it's cured, you can cut into that. No, because every time you cut into it, you're you're crunching through that layer, and then you're well, getting you, little flakes and stuff. Yeah, but, microscopic ones anyway. But um, I think you can eat those flakes. <laughs> well, agree I mean, to disagree. You can do whatever you want at your I house. I wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't do it. Either. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I was going to have you over for dinner too. I would no, I mean, pass. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that either. I'm, I'm, the, I'm in the same boat. I only use mineral oil, but it's just that, yeah. that technically speaking, I think that's okay. Well, I don't so want to be technical. I, think, let's, I want to talk about what we would do exactly, and what we would. What's yeah. cool for our family? But what I would do if I'm here, if I'm hearing what you guys are saying, foods, you know, a finish on a dining table that has to be technically food safe. If you drop. If you're eating a piece of meat and it goes on the dining table and your family's sitting around the table, I'm going to pick it up and put it in my mouth. Well, not anymore. I don't eat meat anymore. So, but, um, that's food safe because it's a hardened surface, but you still don't want to put polyurethane or lacquer or anything like that, even though it's safe when it's cured on a cutting board because you're going to be cutting into it. Right. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Now, as far as the kids thing, um, I've done spray lacquer on the wood toys that I've done for my son. He's four and a half. He's not biting into these things. I'm not well, that's the big difference. Yeah. The, with yeah, the baby so toys, baby toys, you don't want to do that. I, I, every time I've ever made a baby toy, I've just put mineral oil on it because it's yeah. anybody, any kid that's like under two, it's, it's going to end up in their mouth. But once they get past that, then yeah, 
Yeah, just, then it's fine. Just spray it with some lead paint. You'll be fine. Exactly. I mean, silver I mean, lead uh, paint. <laughs> yes, yes, silver lead spray paint. Yeah. So, so aside from I already said food coloring, we said mineral oil, uh, wax. Is there any other finishes that you can think of that are kid friendly? Tea, coffee, BLO. What's that? Boiled linseed. No, oil? I don't think so. Boiled linseed oil, I think, has got chemicals. Well, in it. it's it's oil based. I mean, it's again, it's it's a natural oil, me. isn't it? it's not though most of what you can buy is not real boiled linseed oil like back in the day boiled linseed oil which came from a tree it was done now i think it's a process they put uh hardeners in it and all that no no. so then so then i'll stick to my mineral oil and beeswax Beeswax. yeah absolutely i would stick to those and then there's also there's also elbow grease like just sanding something really well (laughs) gives it that nice smooth finish and and you don't really even need to to put anything on it like yeah you know? Well, that that brings up so uh, that's great, but what kind of wood would be safe raw to give a kid and make a toy out of it, just sand it so it's beautiful? Because there's got to be some woods that I would imagine that are not good for kids. You know, there are. There's a website hmm. called actually. Let me double check it right now. It's called the Wood Database. Um, yeah, that has a lot of information. It's um, yeah, it's just wood-database.com. And that's a site where you can type in a species of wood and it'll tell you a lot of stuff about uh, allergens. Because okay. for, for what, I, what I don't – I'm not an expert on this. But what I do know is like, like woods like, like African ebony, for instance, is one that is um, – really runs the risk of clogging up your lungs and, and all yeah. that stuff. And you really have to be careful when you're sanding it. And basically the rule I understand is like the darker the wood, the more likely you are to choke and die on its dust uh, is, is kind of how I remember it. Yeah. Um, Same thing with walnut. Yeah, exactly. So, like, those darker woods and stuff. But, you know, like, I have a walnut cutting board in my, my kitchen. You know, I don't think twice about it. But the I don't think I would cut into ebony just because it does have a higher ratio of – I don't think I'd use anything from Africa. I just <laughs> use pine. My kids get pine. <laughs> We're not millionaires like the Sway children. <laughs> yeah. So, But there, there, there has to be resources out there that would tell you what species or at least well, that a couple of basic species yeah. – yeah, yeah that, that one does. The wooddatabase.com will. But, yeah, I mean, any of any basic wood, like, you know, what, and what we had written back to, it was Amelia, right? Yeah, um, yes. What we had written back was about, like, she was talking about, like, locally sourced, like, finding, like, local mills, and that's 100%. It's it's the same as, like, um, the reason that, you know. Well, I, she was, she was, I was going to say, she was saying that that's where she can go. She was wondering, do we have any ideas for other resources yeah. to get reclaimed materials? Like I said, the only thing I could think of is furniture. That's a uh, broken table, something like that, that you can find and mill it down but, and clean know, even it that, up. Even that dining table, it's like you might find a good one. Again, it's like it, like you said, if you know the origins. But like that dining table could have been some like heavy chain smoker's house for 35 years in the ashtrays. You know, it's like that whole yeah, idea. That's why I was kind of hesitant to even say that. Even I, that, I, you know, I, with, I, with, little, like, with little kids that put stuff in their mouth. Again, older kids, it's different. If they stop putting it in their mouth. If I, if, I took, if I took a three-inch thick dining table top. And I run it through my planer and I get it down to two inches and I t- I'm pretty sure. And I know it's like pine or, or you know, maple mm. or something like, most likely maple. I mean, uh, I wouldn't feel too – but again, I don't have kids, so don't listen to me. Honestly, well, you're I 15 have, already, so she's not putting anything yeah. in her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I have a, a – the other cutting board I have in my house that I made, one of the few cutting boards I've made, is um, bowling alleys, reclaimed awesome. bowling alley. This stuff was two and three quarters inches thick and I brought it down to about two inches thick. You know, reassembled it, and, and uh, it's well, a that's got people know. walking on it with dirty shoes. You know what I mean? So if if that's well, okay, the alley, you clean you know, it where you don't walk in the alley. But uh, but that stuff has that heavy, oh, heavy yeah. has that heavy wax heavy wax on it, and that was I took that off plus a quarter inch. You know, so I was like, yeah, but I don't think I'd sell that. You know, I just wow, I wouldn't buy it. So I think we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, it. Brings up it's such an interesting. Uh, if I was going to give advice again, having no small people in my world, um, there's a lot of resources out there, I think already. And unfortunately we're not one of them that we can give any straight answers. It's just what we would do. It's not definitive. Uh, exactly right. It's what we feel comfortable with and we're giving yeah, you right. our opinions. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and the, the, the locally sources, uh, hands down is always the best way to go. Whether, you know, especially obviously locally sourced reclaimed, if it's not something that's going to an infant's mouth, but anything locally sourced is, is the best way to go. And so if you have a local mill and you can find a lot of times, like just, 
if you're talking about making baby toy stuff, you don't need to go to the mill and get these boards that are milled and dried. You can get firewood from the just the guy, the tree cutter. I had my the guy that, that you know trims the trees in my yard and stuff. My my daughter was on his daughter's softball team or whatever. I remember going to his yard once. I wanted to practice chainsaw carving. I said, "Can I have some stumps?" It's like, take as many as you want, you know. And now, if you if you have the means, if you have a small bandsaw, you just grab all those small stumps and you take them, you cut them, you can mill it down yourself. You get free wood. It's local. It's it's clean, you know. Mm-hmm. Urban milling too. I mean, uh, just just people that are taking care of the streets and cutting down trees there. Oftentimes, it goes right into a chipper. If you're driving down the road and you see one of those guys, I've done mm. that where I've asked for. It's like, hey, can I have a couple of those? They don't care. So yeah, at least you for know. Them. Yeah, I mean. And they'll I would even, assume that they, you're not if that, if that crane thing's moving around, they'll even drop right in the back of your truck for you. Yeah. yeah. So that that might be an actual clean source of yeah. as long as you know what kind of tree it is and it's not African rosewood. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but if you live in Africa where African rosewood grows, that's probably an okay tree for you to use because it's local and it's like I feel like that's like the whole honey thing, you eat local honey, it helps your allergies and stuff. It's like that's right. that's your you're probably not gonna the people in Africa would be like, Oh, is that North American pine? Get that away from me. Yeah. <laughs> I get a rash well, every we, time we I touch it. We do have a huge, huge listener base out in East Africa, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's that's how. It right. goes Last thing about this is, uh, um, uh, so not finishes, but color. We talked about food coloring. I mentioned coffee and tea. Is there any other food safe type coloring you can do to wood vinegar? I would think would Iron change acetate. the color. Yeah, yes. uh, mustard. orange juice, mustard. Really? Yeah. Uh, Steve Ramsey did a whole video about coloring wood with like things in oh, your fridge. Oh yeah, ketchup and mustard and yeah. yeah oh, that. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, Vance and I did the pokeweed plants once. That worked okay. Yeah. Now, the only thing I would wonder about that, I don't know, um, but can they go rancid? Can it go bad? If you yeah. put – I mean, and you don't want to use milk to actually milk wash boards because I know milk will go bad. Well, I've made milk paint. Um, you have to – With you, real milk? No, yeah. milk flakes. It's not liquid milk. No, you I've make, made it's the milk, milk flakes paint. and you milk it into the – That's – that's the stuff I, I made. Look it up, man. I made it with. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, here, here's your history lesson. You know why? You know why barns are red? No. There's a the, if you, if I say barn red, you have a specific vision of that color, right? Yeah. That yeah. because what farmers did back in the day is they painted their barns with stuff they had on hand. What cow's blood. It blood, was cow's blood. Rust and milk. That's barn red. Really? And uh, lie. Or, I'm sorry, not lie. Lime. Lime. Like um. Rocks so- pretty like- sure not good to put lime on kids' toys. I'm just guessing. Oh no, 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 no. or cow blood or <laughs> rust. But uh <laughs> we're not we're past that. <laughs> but that's that's what milk paint comes from, is that they would use they, they, they would use what they had on hand. So they would take the milk and they use lime that they would use on the fields for whatever reason. I'm not uh, you know, I don't know about that, but they, this lime is something that they'd have. And they would mix it and that basically makes like your your curzon way or whatever. You know, separates it, and then they would use one of those halves, and they mixed it with. I, it was years ago. I did this. I made some black ones with some black powdered pigments. Um, I didn't use cow blood, and then then you would mix that with the uh, you know your cow blood and your rust, and that gave you a red color. And you let it sit, and you paint stuff, and it stinks for a couple of days, and the stink goes away, and it doesn't go bad. Huh. I just uh, that doesn't apply to the whole food safe kid safe Absolutely thing. Absolutely not. I would not do anything like this. Very interesting. <laughs> yes, it huh. is. It you is. learn something new every day. I have all sorts of knowledge that you didn't know about and you really didn't need to know about either. <laughs> well, I don't know. Now I need to know that. Now I need for somebody to bump into me while I'm perusing a barn and be like, huh, cool, right? Guess what? Hey, Guess what that color came from? Do you know why, do you know why that's, you know, that's, that's red? Yeah. Because it's disgusting. That's why. Because um, <laughs> farmers are pigs. Because it's gross. And because people are resourceful. Yeah. Um, terrific. We don't have any more questions, right? Nope. I think I that think was it. Okay. Anyway, so. That was the, the power of th- what are we watching? Tim, what are you watching? I, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this channel before or not, but I wanted to mention artfully rogue. It's a, it's a small channel and, um, he doesn't have a lot of subscribers, so you should go check him out. And he does, he's, you know, uses a lot of reclaimed upcycle materials and stuff, but, um, he has a, a ton of videos um, and I admit that I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched many of them and they're all very good. Um, but he has like really good ideas in his latest one. I think I put a direct link to this latest one is, um, he just made a simple like reclaim wood picture frame, you know, 
muttered corners, little recessing with the glass and stuff. And then he, and then he goes, and it's like you're watching, and he's got some nice music, and it's, oh, this is fun. And then all of a sudden, he's got this, it looks like some kind of, like, uh, well, it's a plasma cutter, uh, a CNC plasma cutter. But he's got, like, the plasma tr- handle, like, in this thing. It looks like it was kind of like a kit or something. It wasn't, like, one that you would buy. You know, he's got the actual, like, plasma cutter handle, like, rigged up in this thing. And he makes mm-hmm. these just simple metal brackets that go in the corners with stars cut out. And it just, it was just really neat. I was like, whoa. I was like, check that out, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not only, you know, he's, like, he does a lot of metal work. He does a lot of woodwork, a lot of reclaims, like, very artsy stuff. Um, inspiring, inspiring maker. Uh, artfully rogue. I don't think you've ever mentioned him because I'm not subscribed. Well, there you go. I always subscribe afterwards. Bam. Bill, who are you watching? Well, I'm watching uh, the same guy that gave us the second question, Mr. PJ Galati. And he just literally like a week ago started his YouTube channel. He's got uh, a three-part series of a tabletop he made strictly from reclaimed pallets. And he made it... it was his first commission job from his friends. He's from Pennsylvania, I think, and he mm-hmm. made this thing for uh, his friends that have a small business. What I like about the this tabletop is he did it in somewhat of a herringbone pattern. And the reason why he did that is because he went to their office where this desk is going to be, this tabletop into a desk, and he got the pattern from the curtains. I mean, it was just... Oh, that's clever. Yeah, and it's just like, he's, and that's what he says. Hey, I not only I could have just made a square piece of wood, blah blah blah, but I I made this to go with that, and that's a you know the the reclaim why it's so great and personalizing it. Da da da. da. He's also he's just a great guy. He's only got like twenty subs. He literally just started his channel, so I think we can bump that up a little yeah. bit. PJ Galati, uh, son of the junk hunter. His YouTube channel is PJ Galati, but he's, it's titled Son of the Junk Hunter. So I, I'd like to hear that story someday. So it sounds like maybe he's got some um, heritage uh, reclaiming going on. I don't. I don't think I have any kids named PJ. But I'm bummed. I know. I'll be here all week. Oh man, oh, that boy. was. That's like if I would have almost said that to myself, but it was Tim that did it. That's great. I, yeah. I win. <laughs> you are. You were rubbing off on him. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Phil, how about you, buddy? What's going on with your watching world of uh, stuff? I am watching um, – I feel like I have said him before, but I don't care. Uh, Homesteadonomics. Oh, that guy. You have? Yeah. No, yeah, he's yeah, good, think, though. Yeah, you have, yeah. Um, it's really he's, good. He's doing something cool right now. He's got, like, this shipping container shop that he's building out. So he's got all these sort of modular workstations. Yeah. yeah, so it's really, really great stuff. And um, – not all of the homesteading stuff necessarily like uh, appeals to me. I don't really care about chicken coops and that kind of thing. But there's always some great building in there, and uh, he's just he's just a really good like just seems like a really good dude. And I like that. There's a uh, somebody I just had a conversation with recently is is trying to oh it's um uh, our favorite restaurant who are Casey's business partners mentors they they opened a small restaurant and then help the girls figure out where to go for resources and the loans and city, you know, of Oakland. Anyway, they're doing their new, another location and they're doing it out of shipping containers. Mm. And it's the, it's been a couple of years in the making because of the permits and everything you got to do, but it's going to be, yeah, shipping containers to make a small, another small restaurant, their second location. I just thought that's wow. Very awesome. People have done some amazing things with shipping containers. There's a there's a building in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, it was featured on a channel that I had plugged here before. I can't remember the name right now. It's uh, Kristen Dirksen, I think, and uh, she does uh, alternative living videos where she tours different homes. And there's a right in twenty minutes down the road from me is like six or eight of these shipping containers put together, and there's like three or four apartments in there, and it's freaking awesome. I mean, yeah, I remember way. when you yeah. I checked her out. She does yeah. the videos where she tours things like that. Yeah, it's interesting. She she just basically walks around with the camera and they just talk and she takes her time. She doesn't try to rush you. You just sort of you know, she just sort of lets you. There's a uh, a small shopping complex in uh, one of the neighborhoods in San Francisco that they've done the same thing. They've stacked three shipping containers on top of each other, slightly each one slightly off kilter and then so it's like a, a skinny three-story building, mm-hmm. and it's a retail store, and you can go awesome. up all three. Yeah, cool. it's it's really cool. I, I like it. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I like it when the when sort of the municipalities, the cities start doing it. So we have this uh, well, a major park in downtown Montreal called uh, Mount Royal Park, and 
uh, in the parking lot area, there's some kiosks where you can, I don't know what you're buying there. Maybe there's a, might even be like food dispensary. Anyway, so that what they did was they made it out of shipping containers and they sort of cut a hole in the side and that's where you walk up to the cash. So it's, uh, it's just cool for it to be catching on and it's not such a fringe thing. It's becoming more and more mainstream. And if, you know, the, like the, the big thing that was interesting about the, the one in New Haven was all the, the, planning and zoning BS that the guy had to deal with. And, and so if the municipality is using it, then that means that that's paving the way for exactly for building codes and whatnot. Because that's like, I could, I know I could build a house out of shipping containers that would be completely safe. It would be probably more sturdy than the house I'm in right now. Um, oh, yeah. You know? Corrugated yeah. steel for sure. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, it, and I could make it more interesting to look at. I could make it beautiful. I could absolutely do that. I could level the house on the property I'm on right now and build this awesome two, three shipping container house. Um, but there's no way the town would ever let me do it. It probably more has to do with like uh, beautification, aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. But well, but that's the thing, right? Because it would be aesthetically beautiful, in my opinion. But that's my opinion. Other people might Bingo. look at it like it's three shipping containers. You yeah. know, I mean, it's not going to leave the the logos on the side from Mersk or whatever. You know, I mean, yeah. they'd be painted right. and stuff. But so six months and two weeks now. Our next topic: shipping containers. Oh, I'm busy that week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out ironandsoul.com for all of your Japanese hand tools and soon other tools will be on there as well. Check out williamlutes.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks for that. Timsway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne for that. Contact us for show topics, like the ones we did today, uh, by email info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. I should definitely check that one out. I haven't logged in in a little while. Um, iTunes reviews, they are so important. Please, please, please take the time to uh, get on iTunes and uh, and review the podcast. It really, really helps. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio, the absolute best way to help this show stay on the air. Thank you so much for all the support that we've gotten so far, and uh, we look forward to continuing to put out what we consider to be rather okay content. <laughs> I think we do an adequate job of yeah, creating content. mediocre, yeah. I We're would consistent. like to disagree with both of you, and I think we rock and roll like nobody knows. And I just, real quick, shout out to Vernon, PJ, and Amelia. Thank you so much for writing in. Great questions, great. I, this is a good one, boys. I liked it. Yeah, that was great. So, Okay, thanks. Have a great week. Be good. Bye, everybody.